Track 29 is Chattanooga's premier entertainment venue, located on the south side in the historic Chattanooga Choo Choo Complex, hosting national, regional, and local talent in an intimate setting. Experience world-class music in a world-class venue. Check out the Track 29 calendar at www.track29.co and join the street team, the dispatchers, to be even more a part of the music experience. I have actually been on the street team for a couple of years now. I get to go to cool events and get show tickets for free. It's also a great way to meet other people who love music. If you would like more information, feel free to ask. You are listening to Open Mic Spotlight with Heatherly Holt. Open Mic Spotlight is a weekly podcast featuring intimate conversations and performances with musicians and artists from Chattanooga and the surrounding areas. Take a closer look at all the wonderful talent and culture the Chattanooga music scene has to offer. Welcome to another episode of Open Mic Spotlight. I'm your host, Heather Lee Holt, and today we have Nick. Let's go here. Hey, Nick. Hola. How's it going? Very good. We're here at Practica Galactica. This is a practice space where bands can come, record their practices, and rent out the space so you don't have to annoy your neighbors if you live in an apartment. It's pretty much already set up for you. Just bring your guitars, and you're good to go. Yeah, and I can vouch this place is the bomb because when we run Road to Nightfall, we won, I think, four rehearsals here. Oh, yeah. And we used all of them. I don't know if it was a week or two weeks before Nightfall. We basically lived over here. We had a whole drum line in here. We had like a dozen <laughs> dudes with quads and snares. and. It's very drums. spacious. Yeah, yeah, tons of room. It was perfect. So uh, Nick Let's Go is pretty popular name around Chattanooga, I would say. He won Road to Nightfall, and then you played a show at Nightfall. Yes. And you guys did this really cool puppet parade to Revelry Room, and you did another show. Yeah, that was awesome, just because we'd made like 250 sock puppets that we handed out before and after the show, and we had so many people in the community come together. Uh, We had underground help out with a lot of the planning and coordinating of things. Jesse Hutchison helped out in a huge way with marketing and raising awareness about it basically but then we had like subterranean circus the cfc marched matt our, our percussion at the time assembled a drum line that i mentioned earlier becky and john from decibella uh were doing horns and we assembled some other horn players to march with us we had the chattanooga fire cabaret comic-con kind of people just mm-hmm. people like i don't know just anyone in like crazy costumes yeah. and i mean uh, it was a big deal they shut down streets it was a huge parade it was really fun yeah strong like a horse did it a couple years ago and we were trying to, they, they won Road to Nightfall, and they did the same thing down to Rhythm and Brews, and we were trying to do something in the same vein to kind of keep that tradition going. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And it was just remarkable how many people came together and did it, like, it without any compensation. Like, we didn't have any kind of budget to put on something like that in mm-hmm. that capacity. But so many people came out of the woodwork to be a part of it. And it was a, a couple thousand people, at least. Why don't you play... One of your favorite songs that you played that night? Well, this is one of the newer songs I've been playing with the band. It's pretty bare acoustically. I actually wrote this song. I, for a while, I was responding to these weird TV placements for people looking for music 
Mm-hmm. And it was like an in credit scene for like a quirky comedy. I don't remember what the details were, but they were asking for like a mid to up tempo song that could give uh, someone like David Byrne a run for his money. And I wrote this song and submitted it and it nothing came of it. But I started playing with the band and it's one of the newer ones we do and it's called Grinning Like a Barracuda and it goes like this. Came and asked me if I had a lawyer. Told him I had so many more, so I took him to the opposite side. Valley would have vines to a friend of mine when we came back to the opposite side. Couldn't believe my eyes when they started grinning like a barracuda. Grinning like a barracuda. I was grinning like a barracuda. Oh, from the Taj Mahal to Chattanooga. Grinning like a barracuda. From the castle to the bargain of Judas. Grinning like a barracuda. It's intense. It's a good song. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, let's talk about where you're from and stuff. Where I'm from and stuff. I uh, was born in Orlando, Florida. I moved to Chattanooga when I was probably seven or eight years old. I was in second grade. And I've lived here ever since. I went to MTSU for commercial songwriting, recording industry over there. They divide their recording industry major into commercial songwriting, music business, and audio fundamentals or something like that. And That's a really interesting degree. 
I think my freshman year was the first year they were enlisting it into mm-hmm. the program. So we were very much guinea pigs. Yeah. And uh, at, at UGA, closest thing that you got to that was, was music composition. Yeah. It's a shame because I was taking these classes that were like the core classes for my major, but I had a bunch of other people taking it as an elective. Mm-hmm. So I had people in my class that like didn't play an instrument, had no interest in writing songs, oh, and wow. were just doing it for fun. And I'm getting graded on the same type of scale. So mm-hmm. it was basically just like show up, write a song, and you get an A without any yeah. kind of like real constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. Like the deepest they got into any kind of instruction was like, if you want to write a hit song, turn on the radio and repeat. These are the things that are going to get you in trouble if you infringe upon their creative process. But it wasn't anything that I was interested in. And yeah. it took me too long to realize that. Mm-hmm. I had already, you know, gone too far to realize, like, maybe I should have went music business or whatever else. I always tell people that, like, the biggest thing that I learned is exactly how I don't want to write songs. Mm-hmm. I, I spent a lot of time in college, like, trying to, like, conform to, like, the cookie cutter, like, or, like, what gets you on the radio, not what makes a good song, but, like, yeah. what it takes to make money and make mm-hmm. a hit. I found that doing that, I had to cut myself out of the process. And I just don't write very well when I'm not writing on my own terms. Another thing about songwriting in general, or at least majoring in songwriting, is say like I'm wanting to get a job with a publisher or something. If I sit there and play a song and they're kind of on the fence about whether it was a good song or not, it's not like I can pull out a piece of paper and be like, but look, I got a degree. And they're like, oh, okay, you're hired. It's either you got it or you don't. You don't need a piece of paper to show that you're an incredible songwriter. Let's hear another song. How about a cover? I'll do a cover. I've been doing some some brunch shows and some other shows around town uh, where I do covers, and this is one that I do pretty often. And everyone knows it, and I'll just start playing it and stop talking. Secret call that Dave and play that believe along what you don't really care for music, do you? Well, it goes like this before the fair, the minor fall and the major lift, the baffled king composing Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Your faith was strong, but you need a proof. You saw the bathing on the roof of beauty and the moonlight overthrew you. And she tied you to her kitchen chair. She broke your throne and she cut your hair. And from your lips she drew the
Maybe I been here before I've seen this room And I've walked this floor I used to live alone Before I knew you And I've seen your flag On the marble arch But love is not Victory march It's a cold And it's a broken Was a time when you let me know was really going on below, but now you never show that to me, do you? But remember when I moved and you and the holy dove was moving too, and with every breath we drew us. Not someone who has seen a light It's a cold and it's a broken Beautiful cover. Uh, gracias. That was so good. Thank you so much. So what got you started into music? Well, my dad started playing guitar right around the time I was born. And I grew up with him playing a little bit of everything on acoustic, just like basic uh, 
Elton John and Bob Dylan and Beatles stuff. And probably in fourth grade, I showed an interest in it and got my first guitar, started taking lessons. I took lessons on and off starting in elementary school all the way up until high school. That's awesome. Yeah. That you started so early. Oh, yeah. It was a big advantage for sure in that I started, literally, I, I bought a guitar because I wanted to be in a band. And my good friend at the time in fifth grade bought a drum set. And it was literally like, as soon as we got the instruments, we had a band. We called it Since When. We would go in his bedroom and we would do the Windows, like sound recorder or whatever, with like the crappy plastic microphone. We yeah. just, and we, we recorded probably like 100 songs. And we recorded so many songs. And they're still out there somewhere, which is awesome, but really embarrassing. Luckily, I kind of grew out of that phase. And in high school, uh, started playing in a band called Infinite Orange. And since I'd been playing since like fourth grade, I think most guys, generally speaking, are kind of just experimenting with music at the start of high school. When they get in high so school. So where yeah. everyone else is getting their guitars for the first time is just starting to take lessons. Like I've been playing for three or four years. I was playing with Ryan Guza from Opposite Box, who had just got his drum set, and he's just like mm -hmm. a prodigy. Like he got his drum set and that week we were like writing songs and like he there was no like there was a drum set and then he was a drummer like there was no like learning process. yeah it was just so bizarre like it was just came so naturally and there's this other guy good friend austin level who um was kind of like me and that he started playing bass really young because he had older brothers who did music since we were so young we were all like 14 15 going into our freshman year in high school i don't want to call it like a novelty act but i think certain people kind of portrayed it as that like that first year we were playing we got a really good slot like we played the unum stage at riverbend and we did nightfall and we did um, everyone looked at it kind of like look at these high school right it was like whereas like we were pretty good but everyone was looking at like look at the how good they are for their age so it was like we were these young kids playing like more of like a college age type of music mm -hmm. we we won the k-fest it was a battle of the bands and the winner got to open up for drive-by truckers and we won that that summer so we had like all these really great things right out the gate and it really messed me up because it kind of like tainted my perspective on like how music works. It was like, mm -hmm. oh, this is really easy. You just show up, you write a few songs, and then like... People get you to play yeah, these everyone huge plays crowds. You, <laughs> yeah, you get to make really good money and play to all these huge crowds. And we kept going, and like every year we kept getting better, but people kept paying less attention just because we grew into like what was expected of us. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Eventually we were seniors in high school, and there's a bunch of other bands. I really wanted to like tour with that band and try to make something out of that band, but Guza was studying nuclear something, Chat State, and then Austin was going to become a den dentist. My parents really wanted me to get a degree before I pursued any kind of music, so that's when I decided to leave to go to MTSU. Since we'd had so much easy success early on with Infinite Orange, I didn't realize that it was like I had to work really hard. Put more work into it. Yeah, and it was like I sat around and wrote songs, didn't really play them anywhere. Like, and where is everyone? Yeah, Why it was like, when is this going to happen for me? Yeah, exactly. And... And then the realization hit, and you said... It was like me going through college and being like, I really want to record a record, but I don't have the out, like the money to like pay a producer to record me. It's four years into college, I graduate, want to do music full-time, and it's like have nothing to show for it. Yeah. And I finally was like, if this is what I want to do, I need to quit making excuses and do something that represents where I'm at today. So that's what I did. I had a, like a, a version of Pro Tools that had like a 12-track limitation... I use those limitations to like write a folk record, whereas like I wouldn't need full band, which would take up all of your inputs with a full drum set. All the songs are like acoustic guitar, some had mandolin, some had banjo, 
the percussion was like snaps and claps and stomps and pots and pans and crap like that. Some of my favorite artists are like Bob Dylan and Neil Young and Paul Simon and early Beatles like Rubber Soul, like 60s kind of folk stuff. I wanted to kind of like channel those artists and do a record that was like in the same spirit as that. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did and I worked really hard on it. I finished it and I, uh, it was 2014, I think. I booked like a 20, 30 day run and it was essentially down towards the Gulf, over to Texas, up towards Chicago, back down towards Florida, up toward like Washington DC and back. I was so bad at getting shows booked. It was like, I would play one city one night and then I would have two or three nights off. And then I'd be in New Orleans like three days later. So I really was clueless. Like I had nothing like planned out as like where I would stay or what I would be doing. But luckily of all of those, I think I had 10 shows booked total. So that was, there was like 20 days that I didn't have anything booked. But I ended up playing every single night just by walking into coffee shops or bars or mm -hmm. restaurants and saying, hey, I'm really far from home and I've got a guitar and I've got this new record and I'll just pay for tips. And that's where I made the majority of my money because most places that I played would feed me and I would either sleep in my car or meet people that would let me stay at their place. And I used all the money I made from that tour to update my uh, recording software. I used that to record my most recent record, which is a better reflection of what I'm doing now with mm -hmm. a little bit more progressive full band Kind of stuff that's that's <laughs> intense though that's awesome it takes guts to just do it it took a long time of not having any gut you know what i mean yeah. it's not, it wasn't super noble just because it was like way overdue okay now i don't have anything to show for like this mm -hmm. thing that i claim to want to do for a living mm -hmm. and i decided to finally treat it like a full-time job and it was just a really great like jumping off point mm -hmm. just diving in head first mm -hmm. i shot the music videos for, and since I didn't have a band to like playing music videos, that's why I had hand puppets and stuff being yeah. my backing bands. And that's how the whole puppets on stage. I think it's a really good story of how like you <laughs> came to be. You started in fourth grade and now you ended <laughs> in 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I forgot to include every meal I've eaten within that time. So let me go back to. <laughs> my I thought you condensed it very well. All right, cool. It Thanks. very laid out. Let's play it. Let's hear another, another song. Another one of yours. Preferably. All right. Okay. I'm going to play this song um, that I should have played the first time when you asked what was my favorite song to play at Nightfall that night. It's called All Shook Up. It goes like this. Well, I was all shook up in the middle of Memphis. She stabbed me with a cigarette while kissing a crucifix. She told me in confidences I was looking out for lipstick. I don't want to die in Tennessee. I want to be different. Well, I was rattling my bones. Cody Cockus in the backseat of a limousine And then I fell from my throne And ran back where I started Like a gas mask open garrison So took through the tombstone Don't spread all your slip on your own Alright, alright Don't believe your money's the only thing That she wouldn't blow Kissing crucifix. She told me in confidence when I was licking up a lip. Stick out, I don't wanna die in Tennessee. I wanna be different. Well, I saw her at a show. She asked if I was high or if I never met a beauty queen. I was running out of blow when my gun went off inside her like an accidental guillotine. Ringo 
down the road You don't blink or you slip on your own Alright, alright Leave your covers be all that thing that she wouldn't blow Oh, well I was all shook up in the middle of Memphis She stabbed me with a cigarette for kissing the crucifix She told me in Galvin dance when I was licking off her lipstick I don't wanna die in Tennessee Want to be different? Yes, I was all shook up in the middle of Memphis. She grabbed me by the shoulder blades and shot him sick of it. She told me in confidence when I was licking up her lip. See, baby, I don't wanna die. Baby, I don't wanna die. think about you that's the song that i think of it's the one song i've played probably at every show since i've written it we usually close with it and there's a video online if you haven't seen it you can check it out it's me getting hit with hot dogs for five minutes 500 plus hot dogs so pretty great google that nick let's go all shook up (laughs) what is your experience with open mics honestly i don't think i really played my first open mics until college there was this place, I think it was called Bluesboro. That's awful. I don't even No, it's Three Brothers. Just made up that other place, I guess. <laughs> um, but me and some guys in like the songwriting department would go there. I have one somewhat interesting story. So living in Murfreesboro, you know, it's not far from Nashville. Mm-hmm. And um, the Bluebird Cafe is in Nashville, and it's like notorious. You know, oh, yeah. Songwriting hotspot of the world. Uh, that was like one of the one times I was like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go here and I'm going to... I'm going to play some songs. I'm going to get noticed and whatever. And I got there like five minutes before 
they started doing it and I had no idea like their sheet fills up like hours in advance. Oh, it's yeah. so small and there's so many people that go there to play. They basically told me like you won't get to play tonight unless like half the people in here leave before you do. So like I stuck around for like 30 minutes kind of hoping, but I kind of just realized like there were so many people in that place at that specific open mic and everyone was there for the same reason as I was. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I am here to get noticed and become famous. And everyone there is thinking about themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. That's the thing I love about Chattanooga's open mics, Tremont, and when Ryan was doing it on Pine, I did one a little while at Grand Floon, is like, you get these group of regular performers that just love to play their songs. And like, you know, there'll be weeks where there's no one there but their buddies that do these open mics and everyone still goes up and, you know, does their thing and has a great time. And I feel like everyone loves to play just as much as they love to listen to everybody. It's like yeah, a big family. For sure. Really, when I started doing that open mic at Grand Flume, that was the first time I'd really experienced that. Mm -hmm. It's one thing I wish I did more of, and I think living closer to downtown, I'm going to try to make an effort to do a lot more of it. Well, let's hear another cover. All right. This is one of my favorite songs to play. Um, just got a house with my fiance. I'm getting married next year. I'm uh, working for this company out of Los Angeles called Super Deluxe and finally making a little bit of money. What are you doing for them? I'm writing songs, actually. Oh, I'm, nice. I should probably play this song and then get into that. Okay. That's, anyways, this song, uh, I'm really happy with life right now. I'm not. This song isn't a protest to anything going on in my life. It's just kind of that inner child in all of us that just kind of like shake their fist at the world trying mm -hmm. to make you be an adult. When I lie in my bed at night, I don't want to grow up. Nothing ever seems to turn out right, no, I don't want to grow up. How do you move in a world of fog that's always changing things? Makes me wish that I could be a dog. When I see the prize that you paid, oh, I don't want to go up. Yeah, I don't ever want to be that way, no, I don't want to go up. See, like folks turn into things they don't ever want. Only thing to live for. TV said, I don't want to go up. Open up the medicine chest, no, I don't want to go up. I don't want to have to shout it out. I don't want my hair to fall out. I don't want to be filled with doubt. I don't want to be a good boy scout. I don't want to have to learn to count. I don't want to have the biggest amount, no, I don't want to. When I see my parents fight, I don't want to go up I'll go out and drink all night, no, I don't want to go up But I will stay here in my room, nothing out there but sad and gloom I don't want to live in a big old tomb on the street When I see five o'clock news, I don't want to go up Comb their hair and shine their shoes No, I don't want to go I'ma stay around in my old hometown I don't want to put no money down I don't want to take out a big old loan Where 
Tom Waits, one of my faves. I don't want to grow up. That was awesome. And now a quick word from our sponsors. Track 29 is Chattanooga's premier entertainment venue, located on the south side in the historic Chattanooga Choo Choo Complex, hosting national, regional, and local talent in an intimate setting. Experience world-class music in a world-class venue. Check out the Track 29 calendar at www.track29.co and join the street team, the Dispatchers, to be even more a part of the music experience. I have actually been on the street team for a couple of years now. I get to go to cool events and get show tickets for free. It's also a great way to meet other people who love music. If you would like more information, feel free to ask. So... What advice could you give to someone who's trying to make it? My advice. Or just someone trying to, like, start out. Yeah, I mean, it's always hard to give advice. Like, I have all the answers, you know, like, I got it all figured out, Mm -hmm. you know? That wasn't insinuated in the comment I just made. But at least for me personally, something that took me a long time to really understand helped me was, like, always... Work hard. Don't be afraid to, like, do hard work to do something that you believe in. Just because you put the work in doesn't mean you're not talented. I think that sometimes people think that if they're super talented, they don't have to put the work in. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Even if you're not super talented, like, it takes hard work to get there. You got to be willing to do the really hard work. On top of that, you got to be willing to consistently, like, make yourself vulnerable. Like, step out of your comfort zones. Like, try weird things. Challenge yourself all the time. The worst thing you can do is like ask yourself, but is this gonna look stupid if it doesn't work out the way I want it to? Cause then you'll never do anything. I'm not trying to like force this conversation into like a specific direction, but I mentioned that company Super Deluxe that I'm doing freelance work for. And the way that I got that gig, there are these two comedians online that I'm really big fans of. Tim Heidecker, who is half of the comedy duo, Tim and Eric. And another guy, Vic Berger, who's like a video editor, who's become really popular this year doing like satires of the election and the debates and all that stuff. Well, they did an election special for the RNC and DNC this year. They were like doing like Twitter updates and Facebook Live and Snapchat. And I was following it. It was really cool. And I like was laying in my bed and playing bass. And I just started playing this random little riff and started humming this line about them at the convention. And I was like, I'm gonna record this 15 second little thing. And I stayed up all night working on it. And I was like, I'll tweet it at them. And like, worst case scenario, they don't listen to it or they ignore it or whatever. And like, but who knows what could happen. So I work really hard on this weird, stupid little thing that potentially, I've done lots of things like this that have never developed into anything. But I um, record the song and wake up in the morning and almost just scrap it because I'm like, this is stupid. And then I'm like, oh, whatever, what does it hurt? So I tweeted at them like, hey, been following your guys' coverage. Don't know if you need a theme song for this thing, but I went ahead and wrote one anyways. Tim retweets it, says that he loves it. I said, cool, well, you guys are going to be at the DNC next week. I'll do one for that, too. So I do the same thing and do one for the DNC. And then I get a message from their producer that's like, hey, they really love these songs. They want to use them in the special. Is that okay? And they ended up using it as, like, the official theme song for their election special. And then from there, um, Super Deluxe produced that video. I got in touch with them. I was like, I do music full time. Always trying to find, you know, creative ways to get into like film and television and 
blah, 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 and just, you know, told them my experience. And they were like, cool, that sounds like something that we could have a lot of fun working with. And out of the blue one night, the dude messaged me and was like, hey, Trump's tweets seem like really emo tonight. Is there any way like you could turn it into like an early 2000s emo song? I was really wanting to prove myself and I stayed up all that night working really quick. I think I got them something within like eight hours. They produced a video to it and they got it out and it got like two and a half million views within that week or whatever. And I went on to write seven or eight songs with them. This has been over a span of like two months. But anyways, like it was, this is how I'm like making a living right now is writing these songs for these guys. And it's opened so many cool doors and it all came from me just like making some weird, stupid song and tweeting it to somebody. Yeah, on a whim, without any real thought of like, this could turn into this. It was just Mm -hmm. like, this kind of seems like it could be fun. And a big part of being a musician is just like answering the call whenever you feel like motivated to do something. Mm. It's like, oh crap, I gotta do this or I gotta do that. So I'm gonna keep doing whatever else. But like being able to recognize like, no, you should at least like sit down and play with this for a second. And um, just and knowing what you're good at. For sure. That's a great point. Like knowing your strengths and not doing something just because no one else is doing it. Like you need mm-hmm. to know. It's been cool. On that note. On that note. Wanna play another song? Play another song. Well, I set up camp in a sacred land. I counted the days that I lived on my hands. And I buried the memory of a cold and broken world. I've been alone since I was a child My mother and father were there for a while And they tried to protect me With a bullet straight into my skull But I was a fighter I wouldn't allow it Some say I was lucky Some say they were cowards But they left me one lesson You're gonna do something you damn well do it right So I grew up With a fight And the words that I heard On that night Dear Jesus deliver Our son from these sinners well, I spend my life traveling What's left of the land Mostly starving Covered with scars by the hands of much hungrier men We're fighting for their place to eat Found me a girl traveling south in the spring She was lost and alone and much younger than me And I knew that I loved her from the moment that I heard her speak And his daughter's sweet smile, she said, I'm drowning in shame. I don't want you to hate me. The last thing this dying world needs is a baby. I told her she should trust that this dealing was bigger than either of us. Dear Jesus, forgive her, for you are our bitter. There were no celebrations, no lights in the sky There's just ash on the ground And one more mouth to feed 
roads would run dry It'd been years since the last of the crops had all died And each passing day became harder to find some place to eat But I was a father, I made it my mission to fend for my family Under every condition, even the Garden of Eden was smitten by the devil and his lie. So I straightened up my spine and I went looking for something to find. Dear Jesus, deliver my family some dinner. Noticed a man lying dead in the street I got closer and saw he was only asleep So I pulled out my knife To assure that he wouldn't wake up Shook me an hour To get the job done I was stopping and thinking What I'd become But in a world gone wrong The hungriest dog is king I'll return to my family To tend to their needs But my wife couldn't see me She wouldn't believe I committed such crime She started to cry You've become everything That we've ever despised And I would Rather die Than continue to live By your side Dear Jesus Remember my husband's great sin, oh sweet Jesus, deliver myself from this sinner. I give you my daughter, and I'm coming with her. Maybe my husband can have us for dinner. Oh Jesus, remember my husband's great sin, oh sweet Jesus, deliver myself from this sinner. I give you my daughter, and I'm coming with her. And maybe my husband can have us for dinner. So I set up camp in a sacred land to grab back the knife from my wife's bloody hands and I buried the memory of a cold and broken world. That's how that song goes. Yeah, I like that. So where can everyone find your music? Everyone can find my music online at facebook.com slash nickletsko, nickletsko.bandcamp.com. I'm on Spotify. I'm on iTunes. um, I'm on YouTube. You can Google Nick Lutzko, N-I-C-K-L-U-T-S-K-O. You can come to a show. I got CDs, T-shirts, shows. Uh, Hit me up on email in our let's go at gmail.com and i'll send you some stuff um you can send carrier pigeon uh just you know find a, a pigeon and tell them that you want some nick let's go songs. basically you're just I- infiltrating everyone's lives before they even know it essentially yes <laughs> mainly just the birds it's <laughs> scary well, I really appreciate you being on the show today. It was an honor to be here. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. This is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's good. <laughs>